After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you 
and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, apparently my job this morning is to uh, preach until the children come back. So this could either be the longest sermon in the history of One Earth Church, or actually come to a sudden and screeching halt, but we'll have to wait and see. Now, I don't know what you uh, think. Why were the disciples fishing? What mood were they in at the start of that incident? My guess is that they were... Confused, frustrated, disappointed, maybe let down. I think that may be how we find those disciples at the start of this passage today. True, Jesus seems to have survived death, passed through death, just as he said. They'd even seen him twice. They'd spoken with him. But he seemed to come and go just as he wanted. And nothing had really changed Maybe they're dreamt it all after, after all. Maybe that's what's going on. And so in the midst of all that confusion, Peter says, Peter the activist says, um, I've had enough of this, uh, let's go fishing. Let's go back to the only thing we know. Let's go back to the safe and secure and familiar. Let's go back to the old ways Let's go back to living as, all this, as though all this resurrection had never happened. And so they do. Uh, and they fish all night. And they catch nothing. The one thing that they thought they knew they were good at, even that they fail at. Uh, the other day, uh, Clive Cousins was... Uh, brave enough to take me uh, fly fishing, to take time off from his party-party lifestyle and take me um, fly fishing. Uh, he's the uh, expert. I'm the shambling beginner, second time out. Uh, but even so, after several hours, uh, neither of us had caught anything. And the pressure was on. And the level of frustration was mounting. I began to have deep theological conversation with myself about whether it was okay to pray to catch a a fish. <laughs> and then the disciples hear this voice from the stranger on the shore. Have you caught anything? And they're forced to admit that they've caught nothing. Try the other side. And the net is full to bursting. And there is joy at the catch. In the end, Clive and I did manage to catch something between us. His through skill, mine, I think, through some fish having pity on me at the last. But it was exciting. And in an instant, the mood was transformed from failure to fulfilment, just in that instant. And so it all clicks into place for Peter. Where have I heard that voice before? Didn't he say before? Try the other side. It's the Lord. And off he goes through the water. I don't know if we can get that 
picture back, the one that uh, David showed, just the one of those seven round that uh, campfire. If we can, just uh, take another look at it. This is a surprise to our excellent people, so it may not be possible. But if it, if it does come back, just take a look at it. Because one of the most extraordinary things about this passage, for me, is actually its complete ordinariness. If I had to write a script for the risen Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, who holds all creation in his hands, I would never have thought of giving him these words which we heard. Come and have breakfast. What an extraordinary thing for the risen Christ to say. Come and have breakfast. And let's eat some of your catch too. And I think what's happening here is Jesus is saying, in the language that these people knew and understand, look, it really is me. It really is me alive with you. Meeting with you in the everyday things you know about. And look, you you, you don't have to look for me in extraordinary places and in spectacular encounters, though sometimes that will happen. But I'll find you. I'll find you in the everyday places of your life. And I'll meet you exactly in those places where you feel let down, where you feel hurt, where you feel frustrated. That's exactly where I'll meet you and say to you, try the other side. So come and have breakfast because the people I'm going to use to transform the world through my kingdom, the people I'm going to use are people gathered around a fire like that. Not some superstars, but ordinary flawed human beings like you and like me. And round that fire, on that day, the church of Christ comes together. That's the Christian church. Ordinary people gathered in fellowship round the risen Christ And the world that Christ calls us to change for him is not a world as we would love it to be. But it's the world as it is, with all its brokenness. Come and have breakfast, and let's change the world. I don't know how it feels inside your head, but uh, Easter is just a week ago. The event that changed the world and renewed creation. But how is it for you? Is it back to the old ways already? The comfortable, the secure, the routine, what we know about. But as these disciples discovered, even after, even after Easter, but after the Easter resurrection, uh, even the old ways don't deliver. And so one week after Easter, the risen Christ comes to us, the stranger on the shore. And he may say to us, it's not working, is it? And we say again, no, Lord, I can't do it on my own. My life is as empty as my net. So try it my way. Lord, show me your way, and I will. Come and have breakfast. Lord, you are with me and for me. And it's in the midst of that everyday routine scene 
that Peter's cry rings out, it's the Lord. So what did Easter change for you this year? And maybe you, maybe I, am still looking for Jesus in the wrong place. And we all love the wonderful and the spectacular, but actually Jesus meets us in the ordinary and everyday too. A breakfast on a beach, a fishing expedition. So how about this for a a moment of madness? Why not tomorrow, wherever you are tomorrow, your school, your house, your garden, your street, your office, why not go there and in that very place say, aloud if you dare, the Lord is risen. Just have this picture of people bursting in their office tomorrow morning, saying aloud, the Lord is risen. I'd love to see it happen. I bet it doesn't, but there we are. But search yourself. In this very place, here, where I am tomorrow morning, the Lord is risen. And he's risen indeed. Nothing may change. You may still have that cranky boss, that illness, that's not <laughs> uh, that struggle to get through the day. But you'll know, actually, in a different way, that everything is changed because the risen Christ is with you. The ordinary, everyday, transformed through his risen presence. Breakfast on the beach. What happened to those people? Peter, preacher on the day of Pentecost, First to bring Christ to the Gentiles. Martyred for Christ in Rome, the heart of the empire. One of them is thought to be Thomas. Took the Church of Christ to India. Started the Church of Christ in that great continent, India. Nathaniel, the church in Arabia. So much transformation from this ordinary, everyday scene. Ordinary people. Ordinary setting. But in the presence of the risen Christ, ordinary people change the world. There's a lot that excites me about the Christian life, but, but you know, looking down the, the years, one of the most exciting people, uh, exciting things I, I really love is, is just gatherings like that. Ordinary people round a table, sharing a meal, cup of coffee, but meeting with the risen Christ, knowing, perhaps not even necessarily saying all the time, but just knowing that the risen Christ is with them. Just the knowledge that it is the Lord. And so much has flowed from just gatherings like that as I look back down the years. Youth clubs have been formed A homeless shelter is started. A church centre is conceived. Street angels begin. Ordinary people gathered round the risen Lord. And things change. And I love that. I love that sense of little gatherings, ordinary people in ordinary settings, transformed by the extraordinary presence of the risen Christ. And a new world opens. And I just love that there would be gatherings like that, more and more in our own church. Ordinary people, ordinary settings, aware of the risen Christ, saying, what is it, Lord, that you want for us? What is it, Lord, you want 
for me? How are you leading me? How are you guiding me? What is this new world that you are opening to us and for us? It is the Lord. The title of this has been The Breakfast on the Beach. But I want to call it The Breakfast that Changed the World. And in our little gatherings, as the days go on, our PCCs, our APCMs, all those initials, wonderful, aren't they? But there is a Lord in the midst, and transformation is possible.